Hi, and welcome to the Reiki from the Farm podcast brought to you by me, Pam Allen LeBlanc from Hidden Brook Farm. I am a scientist, a businesswoman, and a licensed Reiki master teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training. Each week in this podcast, you'll be entertained as you learn about a wide variety of relevant Reiki topics, helping you become a more knowledgeable and effective Reiki practitioner. We caution you, though, this podcast may also dramatically improve your life, and we are so happy that you're here. So on today's podcast, I am talking with Senior Licensed Reiki Master Teacher, Karen Harrison. Karen is the co-director of the Licensed Teacher Program. She's also a licensed professional counselor and a licensed marriage and family therapist. And she has been a guiding force and a mentor for me in the program and one of my good friends. So I'd like to introduce you all today to the wonderful Karen Harrison. Thank you, Pam, and you are a good friend, too, and I'm just always in amazement of Pam and what she is doing, so many things. She's truly rolling out so many wonderful things to support people in the Reiki community. Thank you, Karen. You've given me a good example for that. Before we begin, I want to let you know about some of our upcoming uh, events. I have an animal Reiki class coming up December 5th and 6th. In January, I'm teaching ICRT licensed Reiki classes, Level 1 and 2 Reiki Master, as well as Karuna Reiki Master in the Atlantic Time Zone. And I'm also in February teaching the level one and two and a master's class, as well as animal Reiki and animal communication in the mountain time zone. And in March, I am teaching licensed level one and two Reiki master and Karuna Reiki master classes, as well as an animal Reiki level one and two class in the Australian time zone. So I would love to have you join me for any of those. I also have a free online Reiki share monthly. Our next one is in early December. So please check my website and join me for that. And Karen, you've got some great classes coming up as well. Do you want to tell us a bit about those? Sure. My website, karenharrison.net. And you can find all my classes on there under register for a class. So I have classes in December, January, and all my classes are listed through June. All levels of the ICRT program from Reiki 1 through Karuna Reiki. And you also are teaching some of those classes in person, Karen, aren't you? Um, yes, in Kansas City, I'm teaching in person, and then the other classes I am teaching on the central time zone, online on Zoom. Wonderful. You also, I think, have an online Reiki share that is available and open to anyone to join, Karen? 
Yes, I have that available for anyone. It is the second and fourth Mondays of the month from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time. So if you're interested in joining that, just send me an email to karen at karenharrison.net and I will add you to my reminder list. Excellent. And we will include those links to your website and also your email address in the class in the podcast description so that if anybody wants those, you can just look for those there. So today we're talking with Karen about Reiki and your career as a licensed counselor. She has really been a leading force in bringing Reiki in to the medical field in that genre. And many times when people learn Reiki, you think you need to set up a traditional practice with a table and clients and teaching classes. And while that's one option, sometimes it's overlooked that Reiki can actually merge and blend with your existing career. And Karen's just done an amazing job with that. So we're going to talk about it both from her context and in a general sense as well. Before we begin, I'd just like to do a brief invocation and invite you all to activate your Reiki energy, and then we'll uh, get started with the interview. So I'm just going to invite you to bring your hands into Gasho with the thumbs at your heart. That's the prayer position. And go ahead and activate your Reiki symbols, however you like to activate them, whether it's by thinking them or saying their names out loud, drawing them, imagining them. And if you don't have symbols, just activate your Reiki. We invite you to open your heart and receive the messages of the podcast in whatever way they best serve you. If you are wondering where Reiki might fit in your career, we invite the direction that is possible through Reiki and the creative energies to give you thoughts or visions or signs or let you know in some way how Reiki might work alongside you in whatever your chosen career or field is. And we invite you to receive the words and the intention of this podcast with an open mind, an open heart, guided through the wisdom of Reiki. Is there anything you'd like to add, Karen? Mm. And so we just invite Reiki to come in and provide divine guidance Mm -hmm. for your career and how to use it no matter what career that you have, and particularly in the helping professions, because Reiki is a cushion for stress and burnout and empathy 
that can help keep you going and feed you and nourish you and release layers of stress. That is so true. And to this we say, Aho, thank you. And Amen. Ashe. And so it is. Thank you, Karen. I'm so excited that you can be here today talking with us about this. And I wonder if you would start just by letting us know a little bit about your Reiki journey and how Reiki found you. Okay. That's a funny story because my little sister was involved in Reiki through what I believe is the Reiki Alliance back in the 80s. And she started talking to me about Reiki. And as uh, younger sisters do, it could be quite pesky. And uh, she kept saying, you need to learn Reiki, you need to learn Reiki. And so finally, I agreed. I was in graduate school to get my degrees in mental health counseling and marriage and family therapy. And so about the time that I was graduating, I decided to go ahead and take her Reiki class. And I was pretty numb at that point because I had previously been in a six-year abusive relationship where I'd had to numb out and shut down. So when I got the Reiki, I didn't really feel it for the first year, and I probably would not have used it much. I didn't get a great class. It was a two-hour class. I was the only student. And I remember when I was receiving Reiki, I kept thinking, am I supposed to feel something? Uh, Aren't I supposed to feel something? I didn't feel a thing. (laughs) And uh, thinking, okay, when is this going to be over? And then I'm sure I would have given an up on it, but then whenever I would talk to my younger sister of five years about any problems, she'd say, did you try Reiki on that? Did you try Reiki on that? I was like, no. So then I, you know, would have to go try Reiki on it because that's what she said. Excuse me. So I did, and eventually I started getting some results. That's wonderful. Yeah. But kudos to you for sticking with it even when you didn't. Yeah, yeah, I did. One of the first times that I remember feeling it was I'd gone on a vacation with the family, and we had three little kids at that point, a step family, mine and his. And the car broke down, and they went in to talk to the mechanic, and I thought, I'm going to sit out here and give Reiki to the car. And I'm not going to tell anybody what I did just in case it doesn't work. And they don't really believe in that stuff anyway. So I sat out there and gave Reiki to the car for 20 minutes. And then I decided to try starting it up again. It started up. I went and got the family and said, it's working now. We skipped the mechanic and we left and continued on our (laughs) vacation. And I didn't tell them that, oh, I just gave Reiki to the car for 20 minutes. (laughs) Anyway... So at that point, you probably were starting to believe that it worked or? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I started using it more and I opened up my private practice as soon as I graduated with my EDS degree, which is a degree about halfway between the master's and the PhD. Okay. So I opened up a private practice in 1993 and started using it to fill the energy in the room with Reiki energy and just to create a nice relaxing space for me and for the clients and 
then after I had Reiki Master in 1998, which I took from Laurel Shantigaya, then I took a Reiki table to my office, but I kept it behind the door because I was afraid that if some of my more conservative clients saw the table and asked me what it was, that they would be perhaps judgmental or something. Mm -hmm. Finally, around 2000, I started bringing the table out from behind um, the door. And eventually I got really courageous and just set it up and pushed it against the wall. And then sometimes people would ask about it when they came in and they thought it was going to be like psychoanalysis where they lay down on the table or something. Right. (laughs) Now that's for Reiki. So, yeah, my practices with Reiki has evolved since then. You mentioned when we were talking earlier just that it was a little bit difficult for you at first to come out of the closet with it in the fact that you are in a pretty formal, structured health environment. And so that must have been a little bit difficult back in the early 2000s. What did you notice there? Yes. Yeah. So at that point, I had a referral source that was feeding me a lot of, I guess, conservative Christian clients. And I thought, yeah, they are not going to probably be very accepting of Reiki. But what I didn't realize that has turned out to be really important is that there is a whole stream of people who want the kind of service that I offer. Mm. The people that want energy healing incorporated into their sessions, they want people with a more open spiritual frame of reference. And I could better serve those people than trying to serve some of the the conservative Christian uh, population that I wasn't quite in tune with as much. Now, I still consider myself a Christian. I was on the spiritual counseling staff of uh, Unity Church of Overland Park for 22 years. Right. Unity is perhaps a more open uh, church and accepting of a wider range of belief systems. So I found that by being authentic to who I truly am, that, of course, I would attract clients that I would resonate with and that I could actually better serve and help. So that has been a huge blessing for me in counseling. And then I know we talked just a little bit about how my journey with using Reiki and my counseling practices evolved, if you'd like me to talk about that. or Yes, I would, actually. You did figure out how to use it within your traditional counseling practice, didn't you? Yes, I did a lot of looking at the ethics and how could I practice Reiki ethically within my counseling practice structure. You know, because we have a pretty strict ethical code with counseling, and we are not supposed to touch our clients. In fact, some even discourage you from hugging your clients. 
So I added it to my informed consent. I gave mm -hmm. a little brief description about it and said that I would be sending it during the session, but if they didn't want it to let me know, and then I would not. What I did in many of my sessions is, first of all, I would do space clearing and blessing at the start of my day. Right. I do that for any of my sessions, no matter what. You know, where I'm powering up the room with the Reiki symbols and intending to clear any less than light energy and fill it up with energy from the highest source so that it has a nice environment. And then if I have any difficult counseling sessions, then I would clear the energy between the sessions so that the next person doesn't come in and sit down in agitated, sad, or angry energy mm. because sensitive people can feel that. And even if people aren't sensitive, they may just become aware that they're not feeling so good and not really know why. Yeah. So I think that is really important. And also for the therapist, it's so important because if I'm sitting in an office that has agitated, angry energy in it for five to seven sessions a day, that is going to impact me. Yes. Um, and then I use the Kinyoku dry bathing between sessions and between clients. Mm -hmm. And then I also just started offering people to come in as uh, Reiki clients, you know, so I would put on my website that you can come in for counseling or Reiki and describe the difference and give them some options, you know, that people that have tried a lot of the traditional counseling techniques or different therapists that haven't gotten a lot of benefit, then those people might receive more benefit from trying something different, like Reiki or people that are not very good at expressing themselves, that are more quiet um, and reserved, they might benefit more from coming in as a Reiki client. And then I would also tell my counseling clients, if you come in for counseling, then you will be sitting in the chair. We'll be using counseling for most of the time, but I can also bring in some hands-off Reiki techniques, such as our Holy Fire healing experience. And that's been very effective at helping clients with grief and abandonment issues and all, all sorts of things. And it works equally well hands-off as well as hands-on. Yes, definitely. Yeah, so if they come in as a counseling client, then they can sit in the chair, and I would do the hands-off Reiki. If they come in as a Reiki client, then they can lay on the table, and I would be doing primarily Reiki. Then I have my way of working with them on the table for all sorts of issues, and I guess one of my specialties has become trauma. Right. So I work with a lot of trauma and I have a specific protocol that I've come up with that is working really well for that. Oh, nice. Is that something that you could share that protocol sure. or? Yeah, I'd love to include it as a link or something that we could share with the people that are listening. Any of well, I don't. Yes, I've written about it some in uh, my article, Lessons from Holy Fire okay. and also Transforming Emotions with Reiki. You, yeah. I didn't know if you want me to go into that now or if you wouldn't want to take it a different direction. <laughs> we can definitely include a link to those two articles, Karen, in the in the podcast description, if you don't mind. And that would be great. Sure. 
For those who aren't aware, Kenyoku that Karen mentioned is a dry bathing technique. It's part of something we teach in our Japanese Reiki techniques with the ICRT. And Karen, in addition to that, you wrote a couple of articles for medical health professionals. Could you speak to those? Yes, I wrote Reiki for Mental Health Professionals, Part 1 and Part 2, just to help mental health professionals navigate the things that they need to consider when offering Reiki in their counseling practices. So it could be as simple as just powering up the room with the Reiki symbols and powering up yourself and then doing the Kinyoku dry bathing after each session to sending Reiki during the entire session Mm -hmm. with the eyes. And generally what I would do is I would send Reiki with my left hand and I would take some notes for the session with my right hand. So I've done that for many sessions and then sometimes done other things like the Holy Fire healing experience or the light of forgiveness, which right. uh, I worked with Pam on, and we have an article coming out mm-hmm. on uh, Holy Fire Reiki brings gifts of light, and that will be coming out in the December 2020 Reiki News magazine. Definitely. And we're talking about the Reiki News Magazine. And for those of you who are listening from other countries, it's a really great value. And it can be purchased and delivered right to your home from Canada and the United States. And for anybody who's outside of that region, you can order a digital copy of the magazine. And uh, so, yes, if anybody doesn't have it, uh, pick up the next issue with our article about the lights. (laughs) But the light of forgiveness came into you and you started using it in your sessions, Karen. Is that right? Yes, yes. And it is truly amazing. The forgiveness can be for the the client for themselves for any guilt and shame issues that they have and also if they have forgiveness issues with someone else so it works well either way and it just helps to release those old stuck feelings of guilt and shame that get lodged in the body and um, help the person to create greater compassion for themselves you must have found that it was really effective in some of your sessions Yes, it it is amazing. And you generously shared it with us, and I actually started using it in my sessions with tremendous effect as well. And, yeah. and the lights just, I wasn't going to talk about this, but maybe we'll take a few minutes and talk about the lights. They just started coming into some of us that had been attuned to Holy Fire Karuna Reiki. And I know a light came in during one of my sessions, the light of self-love and showed me that many people disconnect from self-love in around 10 to 12 years of age and that it could be reconnected. And when Colleen Benelli had the light of beauty and Jill Teal the light of compassion and several of us started to see these lights showing up in our sessions and they're just amazing and there's something that anyone with Reiki can use. Isn't that right, Karen? Yes, anyone with Reiki can use them and you know what what we found is specifically with the Holy Fire Reiki, it helps to provide a channel to access the lights mm. and then a vehicle for the lights to come through. 
so it really helps to connect us to the higher realms of consciousness where we can access this energy and it is so beautiful the light of forgiveness meditation i wrote but i was telling pam i actually rarely use that myself because i just do a shortened version i was using this in a session last night where i was working with someone to help with some sex abuse issues and just bringing in the the light of forgiveness for this person because this this person blamed themselves mm. for what happened which is very common and i just call on it light of forgiveness and then i feel the energy come in and it feels light and pressure all around my head and then it's this feeling of awe and i feel it flowing through and then i have my hands at the head of the client and the light flows through the client and generally most of my clients report seeing light or feeling warmth and tingling coming in and some of them cry mm. so it's it's a very therapeutic energy oh it is it's powerful and i found i was using it a lot in sessions but first i used it on myself karen and i used your full meditation quite a bit because I thought well, I want to make sure I do it right and what I was surprised at I always test everything on myself first and I had been doing Reiki for so long there was nobody outside of myself that I had not forgiven for anything but boy I was still holding on to unforgiveness toward myself for well, silly yes. things that were inconsequential things that didn't even matter and that it happened 20 years ago. And uh, so that was where I received personally the big benefit from it was uh, yes. forgiving myself for every time I maybe said something that was less than intelligent or... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's what I find. People forgive themselves last. Yes. Uh, so it's very useful. <laughs> what I wanted to mention is that I know that since you wrote those articles for mental health professionals, even though they are still relevant and, and uh, important today, you yourself, you have evolved. Your practice has evolved. And I know I heard you in an interview in another podcast or a Reiki talk where you said that you can get more done with less Reiki sessions. I think you said you can get more done in three Reiki sessions than with 15 counseling sessions. So you found in time that you're, uh, and I, I hope I got the numbers. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, exactly. Mm. There's different models of how you can do it from the minor, which is powering up your room and powering up yourself and just sending Reiki the whole time. That would be maybe the beginning step of starting incorporating Reiki into the counseling practice. And then the next step would be to offer some of the Reiki meditations that we have in Holy Fire Reiki, or if you have another kind of Reiki that you practice, offering some Reiki meditations, incorporating that to maybe doing some hands-off Reiki, certainly using even the Reiki two symbols, the power symbol, the mental emotional symbol, and the distance symbol, intending to send Reiki to the original cause of a problem mm. and doing that for maybe 15 minutes of the session, which can be done very well hands-off. Too, there are 
some mental health professionals that are actually going ahead and placing their clients on the massage table and doing some hands-on Reiki as part of their session. And that would just be a good thing to check out with your ethics board first and make sure that you're going to be okay in the practice of it. And then I've also heard of other mental health professionals that will offer 45 minutes of counseling and therapy uh, followed by a 45-minute Reiki session. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, that's something else to check out with your your ethics. Was that a problem to offer these two different services to your counseling clients? So all things to consider. And what I found is over the years, I was doing so many things with the, the counseling and teaching Reiki and writing about Reiki for the Reiki News. And then ultimately, back in 2015, becoming the co-director of the licensed Reiki Master Teacher Training Program for the ICRT, I just prayed and said, okay, God, I'm doing all these different things. What do you want me to focus on? Because I don't have time to focus on everything and do a great job with it. And I heard that Reiki was one of the top things to focus on because that way I could help more people by teaching and writing. And But I still want to do the one-on-one sessions to inform my practice. Yeah, we learn from those, Karen. I learn from my sessions. Oh, absolutely. They teach me a lot. And I found, as you mentioned, that I could often help people quicker through doing more Reiki than through counseling. Now, counseling, it's still very valuable, and I will refer some of my Reiki clients to go get counseling in conjunction. I do that, too. Yeah, I do that, too. Yeah, so I'll do that quite a bit. But for old trauma issues, I often find that I'm able to help people more quickly with Reiki than with counseling. Like you said, one to three sessions to work on an old trauma, something that is not currently going on, something that is in the past, those often resolve within just a few Reiki sessions. Mm -hmm. And I'm just amazed and I think, wow, there's no way that with the counseling techniques that I've used could work that quickly. Yeah. Reiki just amazes me and (laughs) it reduces the emotional intensity. I'll ask people when they come in with an old trauma on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the most intense, zero being no intensity, what is your current level of emotional intensity about this issue? And so if it's something above a two, then that's something worth working on. Usually it'll be maybe a, a six to a 10. Yes. And then I'll drill down and ask more specific questions. Okay, when you think about this trauma, what emotions come up? Okay, the session I had last night, it was shame and disappointment Mm. and anger itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then I ask, all right, on that same scale as zero to 10, what is your current level of shame? What's your current level of anger? What's your current level of disappointment? And then I'll do the Holy Fire Healing Experience, which 
is derived from neurolinguistic programming where we ask, okay, if this issue were located somewhere in your body, where would it be? And mm. if it had a shape, what shape would it be? If it had a color, if it had a weight and so forth. And that engages the client and the process. And then I ask them, are you willing to release it and let it go? And most people are willing to release it, but sometimes they're not. Yes, I've had that too. Yes. And then I'll just ask them, okay, is there a percentage that you would be willing to release? I do that too. (laughs) Yes. Uh Yes. And usually when we get going along on the process, usually they're willing to release more of it and more of it will go after they get into it. That followed by some more techniques that I wrote about and lessons from Holy Fire and transforming emotions with Reiki. I just follow with a few other things and incorporate some inner child work with the Reiki and yeah. Amazing. And you make me think as you described that as a mental health professional and a Reiki practitioner, we actually have codes of ethics with both of those fields. And part of our code of ethics with Reiki is staying within our scope of practice. And so you're really, you're able to do that. So that's just beautiful. Karen, what advice would you have for people who would like to make Reiki a part of their career or their practice, whether their practice is mental health or not? It might be some other field. What advice would you have for them? Reiki blends with just about anything that you would like to do. So for example, if you are in a a call center working on the phones, you can activate Reiki for yourself. You can create a nice little Reiki cubicle, even if you're not in your own office. And then you can activate Reiki and send it over the phone for your phone conversations to go well, for things to be harmonious for the the issues that the people call in with to get resolved. You can Reiki the files of the people that you're about to call, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> great idea. Yes, and if you are wanting your clients to return, you can put Reiki over their files and <laughs> send them some Reiki. And yeah, definitely. I mean, And in the mental health profession, there is a high degree of burnout from listening to people's problems all day and feeling responsible and dealing with chaos at times. So Reiki has helped me all along the way to keep from getting burnout, providing self-care. One of the best things is the daily self-reiki practice that I have. Mm. That is a huge help to help keep me from getting burnout. And I've trained a number of mental health professionals over the years and just talk with them about how you can incorporate reiki into your practice. And even if you have a career as a, say, a car salesman, you can be letting the Reiki flow as you are talking to the people to help them choose the right and perfect car for them and to be guided to show them the car and the features that will be best for them. Really, it it just blends well with everything. And I'm thinking, boy, if you're a nurse, here's a fun story. 
I took my mom for some surgery and she was worried about the IV. She had two people working on her. One was asking questions and I saw the other nurse was getting ready to start the IV. So I started beaming some Reiki with my eyes and discreetly sending some Reiki with my hands. And my mother was talking away and asking, answering questions. And then she looked down and she said, oh my gosh, the IV is done. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? You make me think of a client that I have who's a lawyer. And we were looking at it and I said, even though you have this new direction, you can actually incorporate it with your law. You can send Reiki ahead to court to everybody who's involved. You can send Reiki that the decisions be for the highest good of everyone involved. You can send Reiki to attract the type of clients that you want. You can use Reiki to clear your office between clients and things like that. So I think that no matter what field we are in, you're right, there is an opportunity for using Reiki. Karen, yeah. I think together we're going to lead a bit of a meditation for people just to help you see what you might do in order to incorporate Reiki with what you're already doing. I will mention just that if you're driving at this point, these meditations can sometimes go pretty deep. So I invite you to either pull off to the side of the road or someplace where you can keep yourself safe, or to just hit pause on the podcast and resume it at a time when you can safely go deeply into the meditation. So Karen, we're probably going to leave people in the meditation today. We often do that. So I just want to thank you so much for coming here today and sharing your wonderful wisdom I know it won't be the, the last time that I have you on the podcast, <laughs> but I appreciate your help with this subject. And I just want to invite everybody to join us for next week's podcast as well. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a delight to spend time with you. So thank you <laughs> and blessings for you and all the wonderful work that you do in the world. Thank you, Karen. And you too. So I'm just going to invite all of you who are listening to close your eyes, take some deep breaths, and just begin letting go. Letting go of the busyness of your day and of everything you need to think about later. Take this moment for you. And I invite you to let go of any limitations any of the rules that say you can't do this or you can only do things this way that may be holding you back from merging Reiki into your own life, your lifestyle, and even into your career. And I invite you to let go of any limiting beliefs about yourself and your own capabilities. I like to remind people that there is a reason you got into your career in the first place. At one time, you likely had passion for it. And it's normal to get tired and to have parts of our work that we don't enjoy. 
So we invite Reiki to reignite what it was that made us passionate in this career in the first place and to let go of the stresses and the things about the career that make us weary and we invite the Reiki energy to show us how we might better blend our career and Reiki together so that they can work together in harmony for the best outcome of anyone involved. And while we'll stay in this place for some time to allow Reiki to guide us to solution, I'm just going to check in and ask if you have anything you'd like to add, Karen. Yeah, I just intend to connect with your highest guidance at this moment and allow your mind to still and float. And then if any questions come to mind, then you can gently become aware of the answer, whether by listening or seeing or having a sense of knowing so the Reiki is able to guide you and whatever questions that you might have and so simply open your mind to receiving Open your heart to receiving and open all of the parts of yourself, your body and your soul to receiving the answers and the solutions. And we'll stay in this place for several moments. Thank you.
want to thank you for joining us today and for taking this time for you. Many blessings to you. And once again, thank you, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> Namaste.